calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. He's over the lava trap, he's under the bladed pendulum, and now it's down to the ten-lock vault. I've seen the most seasoned and steady-handed pick locks go all thumbs and get to shaking like a purse dog when the hourglass starts getting bottom heavy. His hands are a blur of motion. Taking just a moment to wipe away the sweat from his brow and readjust his magnification goggles, he's simply emanating confidence and calm. He's past lock number six now, and here comes the arcane runes. If he so much as looks at this rune puzzle the wrong way, he'll be lucky if his eyebrows curl back. He blows through it first try. What an amazing sight to behold. Hot damn. At this rate, he just might pull it off. He's on the final lock. You'd swear he's got an extra set of hands with how those tools are moving. He's inches away, listening, waiting. He's done it! Coming in at two minutes and nine seconds, Elson Greyoak sets the new world record for the Pentrapathon obstacle course. I wouldn't believe it if I hadn't just witnessed it here with my own two eyes. You love to see it when well-known League members put quests aside and compete in one of Nexus's many time trials. He's blown past the previous record by a full three seconds. It's gonna be a while until we see someone top that chart again. <sighs> Good job, kid. Well, you sound conflicted, Storm. Nah, it's nothing. I like to see others succeed. It's just, well, the old Pentrapathon record was done seven years ago by, um, Stormclad Thundertongue. Oh, boy. Nah, nah, nah. It's fine. I'm glad the bar's getting raised. I swear each year these teams just get better and better. And I got no hard feelings at Elson. One thing I will note about my run, though, is that... My fly wasn't down! <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> With record number fans watching, he's probably not gonna live that one down for a while. <laughs> no kidding. It wasn't just down, it was wide open like the mouth of a hungry wolf. There's about half a millimeter of fabric between that broadcast and a parental advisory. Nice undies, L. <laughs> Classic. Welcome back to the League of Ultimate Questing. I'm Kip Killigan, voice of the LUQ and servant of the Nexus Enterprise. That's Stormclad Thundertongue, and we're here to bring you more non-stop action and adventure. Let's get down to the field to check in on the Mortal Dawn as they stand on the precipice of war between two dark elven hives. What part will they play in this conflict? And will the underdogs make it out of the Underdark? Stay tuned to find out. As the Mortal Dawn awakens, they find that the threat of war has come to Drogondroff. You emerge from the hidden chamber under the living commune, out into the cold drab streets of a village. Drov stand in confusion outside their homes, huddled into groups, like families, but with bloodlines muddled and watered down through years of forced breeding. The young are told to stay inside, 
Some hold farming tools like some kind of final defense against the unknown. Karova points towards the deep root fields, where a single drove stands alone in long robes of the darkest blue, testing the borders of blackness. Some 100 feet behind him is a group of warriors in polished dark armor. The tips of their jagged spears and House Thar banners stand ominously overhead. The figure at the front, clearly a leader, stands patiently. His long curls of golden white hair hang to his shoulders. A silver pendant of an arachnid with four bat wings hangs heavy around his neck. Vornoy Volkov seems to be waiting with a dangerous air of calm around him. He's just standing there, waiting. I think we know what he's waiting for. The. I start walking toward him. We should stay here. And the rebels emerge with their weapons and armor, whatever makeshift defenses they have. They shout orders for people to get back in their houses. Those who are willing to lift something in defense of Drogondrov stay. There's a lot of confusion. And Artyom, you march out on your own to meet him there on the deep root fields, with the soft earth below your feet. Wait, wait, Artyom, before you go. Chris just extends his hand. I take it. No matter what, I believe in you, Captain. With that, I would like to both inspire him Mm -hmm. and infuse our party with heroism. Ooh, awesome. What does heroism do? Uh, Temporary HP for immune to frightened. And that temporary HP regenerates every turn. Yeah. So at the top of each turn, you get a five temporary hit points. Nice. Very cool. Six. If you have mending, prepare their equipment. They're going to need it. I don't know the spell. I'll get right on it. So the Mortal Dawn remain behind with the Drav. It seems like they're waiting for this army to come to them. They're panicked, but they seem ready to fight. Something inside of them is a flicker of courage especially with such heroes in their presence. They look to you for guidance. They thank you for mending their strange tools and weapons. And they seem to be watching, waiting for you to lead them. Artyom, as you march forward and approach Bornoi, you once again see the face of your younger brother, a child who was soft-hearted and full of fear. He never seemed to fully grasp the courage and resilience needed to survive in your harsh world always quick to tears, often punished for his weakness. His soft face seems harder now. He seems confident. He lifts to his brow a pair of dark glasses, the make of which you easily recognize. His piercing blue eyes mirrors of your own, and a warm smile spreads across his face as you get near. As I'm walking, I'm spinning my wand of thorns in my fingers, and as I get closer, I'm walking very casually. I extend it out and stab it into a chunk of deep root. Pull it up, and I take a bite as I walk up to him. As you're holding the Wand of Thorns, you feel the blades digging into your hand, beginning to wrap up to your elbow. And he looks to you with a sweet voice and says, Artyom. Artyom, it's so nice to see you. You look well. Healthy. Look at you. Look at what you've become. Ugh. I could say the same. 
So many questions I have for you, Artyom, and I'm sure you have them for me as well. You know, growing up, we both longed for something. Something that we didn't know or understand. I don't know if you found this, but I have. I have found love. I have found the affection and the care of a loving mother. When she tells me I'm a good boy, I believe her. Oh, Artyom, it's beautiful. It's all I ever wanted. Nothing like the cruel hag that birthed us. Real, honest love and the power she gives me. Oh, I am special now. Look. And he touches the amulet around his neck and darkness seems to collect around him, crackling like a dark shield of energy. Isn't it lovely? I'm sure it feels that way. I came here with such ideas of things I would tell you. The beauty of the world above and how you could be different. How I could help you. How I could give you the love of a God that cares. But it seems you've already found it. I already know what you'll say. There's no words I can utter, no show of faith I can give you that will convince you that the path you've chosen leads only to your death. I pass him the deep root. He holds it in his hand and seems to turn it over in a strange, familial walk down memory lane. He says, Maybe I can convince you then. You know, when you left, I cried. I followed you. Did you know that they followed you? <laughs> it wasn't easy. Uh, when you entered the shift, I went in after you. It did what it does. It took us where we're meant to be. You, you went up. You found the sun. But me, I went down. And I found the shadows. My job here, that I have been given by House Velithian Thar and Kelvirbon, is to deal with the drove, because they are of my blood. They've grown rebellious in their services as farmers and workers. It's outgrown itself. I can help them start over as warriors, fearless warriors with a purpose. I've thought they have accepted that I am Shalokarth's chosen. They didn't want to believe me at first. They tortured me. They tried to make me confess my lies. For only matrons have been selected and chosen in the past. But she revealed herself. She declared me to be her future, her beautiful son. And they gave me an army and told me to deal with the drove so that we can use them to reclaim the surface. But Artyom, it's just a game. The hives will always be plotting war against the surface. Long after we're dead, long before we were born. There is nothing we can do but shout into the fire and pray until it grows cold. A fool's errand. But I will unite the drove and make them the warriors they once were, and together we will destroy the Lithian Thar and free the other hives of their tyranny. So that they can live under yours, da? No. It is not the time to claim the surface. We will open up the shift, tear it to pieces, and let the Shadowfell spill out into the world. While I reclaim the Umbrigia for the Drove, 
and my mistress, Shalokar, will reclaim her control of the Shadowfell. Our worlds will become one. Then, maybe, maybe we can think about taking back the overworld. It's a good plan, right? All I have to do is kill them all, and then they will be my children, that I can love, and they will know no fear or pain, only vengeance. I have grown fond of vengeance. You speak such beautiful words. Things I would have believed so long ago. I'm so sorry. I hold out my hand with the wand and I show him the thorns as they've dug into my flesh. I have seen people as they should be. In that world is no place for someone like you. As you extend the Wand of Thorns, you feel yourself pulled away from this place to a pocket in the back of your mind where you hear the voice of Gosmuriel. And she says, Young Drav, I fear I have misled you. I told you I would use the last of my power to stay by your side and strike down a power that threatened to destroy the balance between the material world and the Shadowfell. I felt something all that time ago. A strange presence. I feared it. It made me think the time had come. That the true threat had revealed itself, but I was wrong. My sister has chosen a new vessel. She was exiled from the Shadowfell generations ago. She wanted to expand our borders. But her greed was too great and her plan to conquer the neighboring realms would result in their destruction. The Shadowfell and the Feywild must remain in balance, or the material world will consume them both, and madness will rule. This has been my calling. One last battle with my sister. If you will have me, if you will wield me. I'm sorry I can't follow you any further, but know that this act may save the balance, for a time at least. I keep my promises. As he says the words, it's no place for someone like you, Archim kind of doubles over a little bit as if he's been hurt. All of you see him suddenly wounded. Uh, yeah, charging towards. Definitely. Arvid. Uh, uh, Artyom! Harithax will put out a hand as you, as you start, and I say, one minute. As you begin to move forward, Artyom's back becomes a spray of blood. And from his coat, two arachnid arms sprout out and hover above him. As he stands up, you can just see blood pouring off of them. And they twitch in anticipation of the battle. And then from that, you can see as thorns wrap around his body, creating a suit of armor. Artyom. I turn my back on Vordoy and begin walking towards them. And I bang my shield twice as it starts to glow. And then a column of light shines on me. And you hear his voice as you're stepping away saying, Artyom, I promise that when I kill you, I will keep you close to me. And we'll never be apart again. Now. Let's roll initiative. <laughs> Can I just cover what this fucking does? Yeah. I gain resistance to piercing, bludgeoning, and slashing. 
I can make two attacks as an action with my forearm spears. Each strike is a plus 10 to hit and deals 2d8 plus 4 piercing damage and 1d8 acid damage. When an enemy hits me with a melee attack, they take 4 piercing damage from the thorns. At the end of each of my turns, uh, I take 10 damage and it cannot be resisted or reduced. These effects end when the body of anguish vanishes, taking the wand with it. Sick. All right, how'd everyone do for initiative? That is a 15 from Artyom. That's an 8 for Chris. 9 for Haru. 12. All right. The enemy rolled very, very well. <laughs> Uh-oh. You would have thought that Vornoy was standing at his full height that whole time. But somehow, he rises up. His long, flowing robes spill open. And as though from a void, massive arachnid legs emerge in place of his own. Two huge pincers that snap and spark with necrotic energy protrude from his armored thorax. As a long serpentine tail with a barbed stinger sways menacingly behind him. This is what he has become. This is the fate he has accepted. And he says, Ardium, don't turn your back on me. You think this is my army? No. And you can all see from inside the helms and armor of these soldiers, bones and decaying flesh. And he says, this is my army. Arvid, Christ, Harathax, on the precipice of the village, you see coming from the dark caves that surround Drogondrov, dozens of giant spiders with torsos of armored drow emerging from the top, like horrible centaurs of the underworld. Some villagers grab whatever they can as a weapon, but most run in terror. So Vornoy goes first. He draws from his belt an old military sword with a twisted deep root embedded into the hilt, clearly a symbol of Drav of the past. And as he unsheathes it, it crackles with necrotic energy. And with zero hesitation, he buries it into Artyom's back, if he can. <laughs> I would like to use a warding flare here. Very good. Normally I wouldn't do it on the first attack, but I feel like it's cinematically appropriate. His attack with the blade comes in at a 16. That's no dice. He then follows up with one of his massive claws. Snip, snip, snip. That is a 30. <laughs> <gasps> okay. Whoa. And last but not least, the fell stinger. 21. I think 21 just hits. It does indeed. Your warrior instincts kick in as you feel the blade coming, and with a flash of light, you deflect it. But then he attacks you with his horrible lower body that moves with demonic energy. You take 12 piercing damage, which is halved from the claw, thanks cool. to your body of agony. And you take 11 piercing damage from the stinger, but I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Excellent. That's a natural 20. Nice. Woo! So you only take half from the poison. That is good. So you take 13. Nice. And you feel the horrible darkness bleed into your bloodline. Yikes. He says, together forever, brother. No. <laughs> <laughs> and as the drider charge in, they leap over buildings down from the walls, moving with a terrible speed. They have horrible suits of spiked armor, but they fight unarmed. 
They move with dedicated conviction to serve their master. The oath-sworn drider attack the mortal dawn. Actually, they stop to murder some drow on the way. Those two... Yeah. Uh, safe to say that two of the drow get lifted off of the ground. One of them, his head is simply snapped from his body and thrown aside. And the other one gets lifted up by these two massive pincers and just rended. Yikes. One of them does close the gap with Arvid, though, facing off against you and Morty. So he's coming out with... Okay, so two unarmed attacks and one bite. We are looking at a 15. No. And a 19. Yeah. And a 25. Yeah. 23 points of damage. Sick. As these horrible, sharp insectoid legs just dig into you, and then he sinks his teeth into your shoulder and begins ripping the muscle from your arm. I hate it. And with one massive, loud march, each of the undead soldiers takes a step forward while banging their shields into their spears. And it looks like the tops of their spears are made from swords that are attached to pole arms. They glisten with a strange and familiar magic. That brings us to Artyom. Excellent. <sighs> Looking forward to this. You could never understand, brother. You never did. Always so afraid. Now, see what your fear has made you. And with that, I hold up my shield and the column of light that was shining down on me from it just slowly shifts between him and his army and then explodes outward into true dawn. And I cast dawn upon his entire army and him. Nice. That is a 30-foot radius, 40-foot tall cylinder, and everything in it takes 4d10 radiant damage on a failed save anytime it ends its turn in that radius and does that every single turn. That is so sick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're going to be making a constitution saving throw. Okay, I'm going to roll one for all the soldiers. Fair. That is a 15. Okay. Does not do it for them. And for Vornoi... Oh, what? Natural 20. Natural 20. That's okay. But here's the best part. On 4010, I got a 10, a 9, an 8, and a 4. That's good. Holy shit. 31 on 4010 is monster good. Exceptionally good. When the sunlight impacts the soldiers, you can see parts of their armor immediately start to peel and melt away. Mm. They wince as hunks of their bodies fall away, but faithfully, they continue to march forward. Vornoy takes the blast, and it seems that some of the dark shadows that cling to him absorb some of the light, but you can see part of it penetrates, leaving a wince on his face, only strengthening his determination. He says, I knew you would bring your friend with you, but it's okay. I have brought mine. Arvid, it's the boy's turn. Arvid's going to go into a rage and then lash out at these spiders with a full-on attack, which includes two swings of parody. These are not reckless. This is just two different swings. And that's a critical failure and then like 18. Well, on one hand... We're going to roll percentages for the failure. And on the other hand, your armor class is 19. Cool. Whoa. Hmm. Okay. 
So let's see some percentages from Arvid. That's 79. All right. You go into the same kind of attack pattern you usually do when you are side by side with Morty and a foe is before you. Only this time, his mighty strength ripping some of the muscles out of your arm from your teeth as you swing, throws you off. Your axe goes wide and it does connect with firm flesh, but it is the flesh of a mighty dog. No! As you smack Morty for 13 damage. And he will never forgive you. (laughs) Oh, no. I want to do a bonus headbutt. How's your yelp? I bonus to rage. Oh. <laughs> it's better good. than I thought it would be. Yeah. I've never done that one. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole turn. I'm a disgrace. Well, Morty is going to attempt to follow up, and because you're adjacent, he gets packed tactics because he's a good boy. <laughs> and he does a big bite. Nice. Good boy. Morty's been on fire this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's usually so bad at combat. <laughs> you didn't up. see what he rolled for damage, so you take, <laughs> oh. take it back. Hey, any damage is damage. It's true. He did nine. It's not bad. Yeah, that's better than most Harthax's spells. Yeah, he latches like a tasty bone onto one of the massive arachnidian legs of this creature. And yes, I will continue to use arachnidian because I think it's a delicious that's word. That's okay. Bringing us to Harthax. Cool. Is it fair to ask, since we kind of knew that we were lining up against an army that I already turned my arm into a shield? That's totally fine. Okay, all right, <laughs> good. Harthax is going to bolt from their position where they are and pull out a vial on the way. I'm going to stop kind of in the middle of all of the driders, the party, and Artyom. And there's going to be a glint of light, and you notice the vial is not clear liquid. It's blood. Mm-hmm. It's Artyom's blood. Oh. Which he shared with us in Abel. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use that as the material component to cast Bless mm. on the party. Mm. Artyom, Christ. Morty, Arvid, and myself. Nice. Blessed. And then um, I'm going to to snap eyes towards the nearest rider, and white roots are just going to reach up from the ground, encoiling my staff with a shillelagh spell and uh, prepare myself for combat. Very cool. Fuck yeah. Blesses an extra D4. On extra your... D4 on attacks and saving throws. Mm-hmm. That brings us to Christ. Oh, boy. Chris isn't sure if it's the Drexian shift or anything. Chris will mindlessly walk forward. And in walking forward, he sees at first Artyom and his brother, and then these two creatures going at it. And he also sees himself when he first started and himself now. He'll properly bump into Harothax, snapping out of the trance, and say to Artyom, all of your families are here. We are with you. Uh, with that, I am casting a fourth level healing word. That is 4d4 plus four healing to you. Wow. Ooh. Nice. Thank you. That is a four and a two. And a four and a three. Not bad for Not fucking bad. healing word. Pretty good for healing word. Yeah. Uh, 18. And what? 18. 18, 18 nice. With that, if you don't mind, I think Christ will... Take Harothox's hand and just ready and just kind of exude as much sereneness as possible and just ready a thunderstep. That's it. Yeah. You can totally do that. There is usually calm before the storm. Yes. Ooh. 
That brings us back to the enemy's turn. But before they start, there is a flash of movement from behind you two, and Arvid, you catch it out of the corner of your eye. You see one of the Drav who is holding what looked like a shovel turned into a makeshift spear. The weapon vanishes out of his hand, and there's a flash of bluish flesh as a figure leaps off one of the buildings, and you see Garshan Mistweaver land on top of one of these Drider's back, burying the spear into it. (laughs) Yeah, boy! And they begin tangling together in this horrible, chaotic dance. With that, the Drow army steps forward once more, undead and obedient. Baking in the hot sun. Yes. They will take some more damage, I believe. Five, five, four, two. That is going to be 16 more damage. Unless they succeed their checks. Oh, yes. A save for them. They failed. Hey, 16 more. They are just melting away. Their weapons remain perfect and resilient, being enchanted, but their bodies and their armor are dissolving. We go sell them fucking swords. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. We don't have the carrying capacity for that. <laughs> We're going to go full Skyrim, grab it all, run to the shop, grab mm-hmm. it all, run to the shop. <laughs> Let's break it down. So the Oathsworn Drider that's attacking Arvid imitates the rage that you exude and begins fighting recklessly. Oh, so that is a 24 and two criticals. <gasps> yeah, my comeuppance. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Ugh. Your pence has fully come. <laughs> so taking into account the fact that you are raging and take half damage from bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing, uh, you take a total of 38 damage. That's too much. I don't like that. It's also mm-hmm. just the right amount because it's what happened. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. Okay. 33. Yep. Harathax and Krist both have a drider charge them. As they both approach and get close, I would like to gently squeeze Harthox's hand, tentacles, to make sure that they're okay with thunder stepping away. Let's go. And as they come close, let's release that step. All right. Um, they both rolled fucking dick balls on their saving throw. Awesome. That is a nice 3d10 plus 10. That is 27 points of damage. My goodness. So where are you poofing to? We would like to be on top of the roof. Very good. Wherever it's furthest from all, all the things. Cool. <laughs> furthest. You guys will appear on the far corner of that roof over there. Right. And also the roof just takes like a little bit of cracks as you land with this thunderous <gasps> boom. And the two drider like face each other with like a cloud of smoking magical energy in front of them. And they look furious as they look around trying to find out where you went. Uh-oh. And that makes it Vornoy's turn. And he is going to unleash... Onto Artyom with everything he has. I'm a warden flare, at least one of them. <laughs> Which one would you like to warding flare? What's the nastiest? Uh, well, the stinger's coming in at you, and it deals a lot of poison damage. But you've never been hit by the sword. You, yeah, you dodged it. Let's let's uh, let's do the stinger. Okay, he's coming in first with that. He's basically trying to like rip it out of you and stick it back in really quick. Mm. With disadvantage, that is a eighteen. No dice. Not Ooh. enough. So you get your shield up just in front of the hole that he pulled it out of, and there's a ting of magical energy. So it ricochets, and you see horrible poison dripping down from the tip. Then he uses his pincer to try to grab you around the torso, which you back away from just in time. And then he's going to, uh, with his upper body, grab the blade with both hands and just swing it down at your head. Yikes. 
Not great. That's a seven, not a one. Oh, I see him through the glass. So it looked like oh, okay. one. <laughs> I was so excited. Which is unfortunately just a 19. No dice. Boy misses them all. He misses them all. I hate it so much. <laughs> Vornoy seems staggered by this form that he's holding. It seems to be consuming him as he battles you. And you see blood starting to trickle from his mouth. And he's pure tenacity and tears are pouring from his face. But then there's this sound, a percussion from within the buildings of Drogondrov, the sounds of shields and armor smashing together. As the Drov, who have gathered their courage, emerge, wielding whatever weapons they can find, grabbing on to whatever ancestry they have of their ancient warrior lineage to face this war head on. Yep. Tell me when it's safe to look. Why are you covering your eyes, Storm? I've seen a lot of creepy crawly bug man, slug woman, spider kids, but I hate, I repeat, I hate scorpions. Seeing that kid with his sticks swapped out for claws and a stinger is just about enough to make me chuck my chips. It would appear that young Vornai Volkov has taken on some kind of aspect of a dark and malicious demigod in order to gain the strength required to accomplish their goals. That's one hell of a prize to find in your cracker box. If the top-tier reward for a divine handshake is a belt-down body swap with a knife-tailed land lobster, you can bat on a storm-shaped hole in your confession booth. Ugh. I'm covering my ears. I can hear the creepy crawling through the scriv. Well, Storm, I learn something new about you every day. You just carry on with the broadcast. I'll be over here listing animals I'd rather have stuck to my torso than a god's dang scorpion. Donkey. Tortoise. Well, while Storm lists Pigeon. off his own personal preferred bestiary, let's take a moment to check Chicken. in on our ads from this week's sponsors. Rangatan. Wiener dog. Jackrabbit. Mm, cuttlefish. Do you hate folding laundry? Is it the bane of your existence? Do you feel motivated and hopeful while your clothes are being cleaned and lose all ambition once that warm pile of garments lies tangled in a mass before you? Would you sooner have your skin flayed from your still-living body, roll around on some bales of sun-dried hay, and then plunge into the briny sea to feel the stinging salt saturate your exposed subdermis, rather than rolling socks and hanging up blouses? Introducing Bag of Folding. Bag of Folding. An extra-dimensional satchel that magically folds your clothes for you. You simply put your clean, unfolded laundry in and then take out your clothes, folded and ready to go. How does it happen? We're not telling. Does it work? Like a charm. What's the cost? Not much. Just two easy payments of 20 gold drac. Plus a one-time favor, no questions asked. Don't think about it too much. Just agree to our terms. It's folded laundry. It even matches your socks and does fitted sheets. All good things come at a price, and this offer doesn't last for long. We know you'll fold this one time, and then never again. Bag of Folding. Bag of Folding. You'll sign. They all sign. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. 
Hail you cuties. I couldn't be happier to have our team's personal story come to a head like this, and I hope you're all enjoying it as much as I am. I want to thank this week's featured legendary team, the Cultured Cutthroats, Zan Cam, Jeff Ammons, Jack Phillips, and Isaac Davies. Last week, we announced Season 2 of the League of Ultimate Questing, subtitled Battle Axis, which should be airing April 5th, assuming there are no unexpected issues. The official cast of the new season will be Law Johnson, who you know and love as our current DM. Michael Loving will be returning to the show. We will also be graced by the presence of Dungeon Mistress Dana Ebert, who you may remember from our Little League game, and a brand new face to LUQ, Angelo Kalua who some of you may know from the Legend of the Five Rings game Red Blossom Black Snow that I ran on Level Up TTV. And as you know, I will be taking on the role of Dungeon Master. Don't worry, the game won't be Japanese-themed. In honor of this new season, we're making some exciting changes to the Patreon. We're shifting the tier names a bit, but more importantly, we're changing up the $25 tier. It was always my intent to have the legendary teams be a part of the world, and now we have the means to do it. At $25, patrons will have one option for support for those who just want to show support for the show, and one for participation for those who want to be a part of the action. Participants will create a character of as-yet-undetermined level who will be part of the new Battle Access roster. Those teams will have stories built into the world and team logos commissioned by us. There will be more changes down the line, but we wanted to start with this and see how it plays. Obviously, there will be a limited number of slots for actual teams, so if you haven't yet, be sure to up your subscription if you want to make the cutoff. And I just want to alleviate any concern, you can always change which one you are. I'll be sending out more detailed information to your Patreon accounts in the coming weeks, but hopefully you guys are as excited about this as I am. Tonight at 7pm PST, we'll be premiering this episode live with chat commentary from the cast and crew, so come join us at twitch.tv forward slash slapdash streams, and join us tomorrow for laws on my Pokemon XY Nuzlocke. If you want to make new friends who love the show, join our Discord channel for instant updates and announcements, or just hang out with the amazing community. Find the link at the LUQ.com along with our merch store. I also have a personal message from one of the pillars of our community, and just an all-around amazing guy. Happy birthday, Bedlam, from Andrew42. Thank you for years of role-playing fun. Andrew, there's nothing I love more than the idea of people using us as a platform to thank people for role-playing fun. Please, I love this. If you or anyone you know wants to get a personal message on the show, please reach out to us at admin at slapdashstudios.com. But enough out of me, let's get you back to the action. Miles, thank you for joining me for lunch. It's always a delight to have you for one of our sit-downs. I know you have a busy schedule. No problem, Commissioner. What kind of a team captain would I be if I didn't take someone like you up on a lunch date? Can I interest you in some private estate red from the House of the Sphinx? It's quite excellent. I'll pass. Never touch the stuff. Gotta keep this engine burning clean. I'll have a glass of milk. Please. Of course, Miles. A toast to our success. Earn through hard work. Am I right? You have no idea. So tell me, how has it been for you being the first Hall of Legends initiate? Oh, it's a real kick. <laughs> they just finished the statue of me last week. The portrait starts in a few days. They're doing it the old school way. Real paint and canvas. None of that new-aged magical transcription nonsense. And how did you find the bonus you received for winning such a rare and coveted position? Oh, very generous, Commissioner. I thought I was wealthy before, but you've redefined that for me. You have my thanks. I want more than your thanks, Miles. You understand the competition was quite steep, yes? I was a shoe-in. All of Leone loves me, and the Ivory Lions have one of the best track records of any team in the league. Maybe of all time. Miles, you are an incredible human. Your power, your ability to swing a sword rivals even the sword masters of old legend. 
I've never even fully understood how your kind always managed to become so... impressive. Honestly, just being near you, I can feel it. My kind? But for all your gifts, you do tend to lack an understanding of subtlety. Miles, I made sure you won. There wasn't even a count. And for that, I'd like to ask a favor in return. What do you mean there wasn't a count? I traveled all over the five kingdoms to campaign for that win. A fruitless effort. The riches and fame are yours. My company has rewarded you with all the wealth and fame of a king. And the time has come to pay the piper. Who exactly do you think you're talking to? I know what you've done. I know what lies under the shiny, polished coating. I've had my eyes on you since you joined the League. Do not test me, Avendar. Test you? <laughs> oh, you think I care what you know about me? I only care what the fans think about me. I could kill you before your wine glass even hit the floor. But where's the fun in that? I'll tell you what. Your previous payment got my interest. You keep that kind of coin coming, let's say, oh, twice a year. You can have as many favors as you want. When I'm well paid, woe be to your foes. How's that for subtlety? Hmm. <laughs> I underestimated you, Miles. I assure you that won't happen again. Clear your schedule. We have work to discuss. That brings us to Artyom. <sighs> As he ends his turn, he also takes 4d10 of that good sexy dawn damage. For his saving throw, he gets a 16. That is just it. Bastard. <laughs> 25, which is cut in half. Also, uh, sorry... I forgot that I reroll ones on my radiant damage. He takes an extra five. All right. Once again, the necrotic shroud around him seems to soak it up, but it leaves damage behind. And he maintains concentration on it. Excellent. So as I see him burning and cooking away in it, I just take the opportunity to lash out at him with everything that I've got. So first... I go ahead and swing at him with both of my new claw attacks, mm -hmm. and then I'm going to follow it up by shooting him with my crossbow. Okay. So claw attack one is 17 plus eight. That hits. Cool. Claw attack two is six plus 10. That does not hit. Okay. So with the D4? Ooh, with the D4. Six plus 10. Plus one. Not quite. Yeah. And then my pink prick. So that's a critical failure for my pink prick. Locking eyes on this battle, Chris is just going to reach out to him with his empathy and his magic and pass on the roar of the crowd and give him my luck inspiration. Thank you. Nice. That is still only an eight plus 10, which is 18. Uh, with a D4? With a D4, that's 22. That hits. <laughs> hey! And I'm going to go ahead and activate my Viper Chromaticer to turn it into a critical. Excellent. Ooh. Mm -hmm. That's right, baby. <laughs> So that is 1d6 plus 1d4 plus 4 times 2. That's 6. And then two ones. Cool. 
That's eight total plus four. Twelve. What a weenie ass shot. <laughs> Every little bit counts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hit the first. I forgot. I hit with the first uh, fucking. Mm-hmm. I was attack. waiting on that. <laughs> so from my claw attacks, he takes 2d8 plus four and another 1d8 acid damage. Nice. You're just wrecking his day. So that is a total of 19. All right. And as the claw buries into him, the armor shroud that he has on deals you seven necrotic damage. What do you get? Seven, I get. Oh, well, he ten, rolls. Yeah. <laughs> His is dice dependent. Oh, yeah, that's fair. All right, got it. That brings us to Arvid. Arvid's courage quavers and his rage falls flaccid. And he. <laughs> Sorry about that. I just touched the DM. It was unintentional. Um... Just following the word quavers and flaccid, it felt strange. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Arvid's going to. Misty step away behind a house and turn away and say, uh, when your when your rage fails you in battle, you can always fall back on a domain farm's potion. And then he's gonna <laughs> suck it down. Beautiful. <laughs> we, we got twenty-three. That's twenty-three that's twenty-three points of da- of healing. Anti damage. Anti damage. Yes. So you heal for twenty-three as the smooth, refreshing fluid flows down your throat. And with that, um, he's also going to go invisible with his hidden step innate ability. Awesome. I imagine it tastes like Flintstone vitamins. Hmm. I thought you were going to say cherry polar seltzer, but no, (laughs) not delicious, but not bad. But yeah, basically Arvid, you chameleon and turn into the same drab stone color as the wall behind you, which is an ability you don't get to use very often, but it's still very cool. That brings us to Harithax. You are now teleported to one of the roofs of Drogondroth overlooking the battlefield with Chris holding your hand. From up here on the roof, I'm going to like drop bear down on top of this thing with my staff and just drive it into this thing's back. Mm. Nice. Would I happen to get advantage for dropping on it from a rooftop or? I'll allow it because he's also engaged with someone else. All right. I'll take it. So yeah, Harithax's surprise attack. 16 plus 9, so 25. That hits. Eat it. <laughs> I'm using Green Flame Blade because it's better than just a normal whack. No argument there. Shillelagh does a D8, and Green Flame Blade does another D8. Do they resist fire? Nope. I'll give you the damage just in one go then. Please. 7 plus my Charisma modifier of 4. 11. 11 points of damage. All right. Whack. He gets whacked thoroughly. That's all. I'm, I'm now behind it. I'm flanking. He is now sandwiched between you and this tenacious sea elf slave. Mm-hmm. Is he armed? He has a spear now, right? Spear shovel, okay. yes. All right, that makes it Chris's turn. You are now alone on this rooftop. Chris is going to go ahead and pull out a scroll of haste and read the words and add on, and we will bring the dawn. And with that, he's going to twin cast a fifth level healing word on Arvid and Artyan. Wow. So, I'm out of sorcery points now. Well worth it. How much do I heal for? 5d4 plus 4. Can we just double that for Sam? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's 7, 8, 9, and then another 4. So that's 13 plus 4, 17. So you also heal 17 more. As Chris does the double healing duty. Mm-hmm. And as the haste takes effect... 
Artyom, you now have one extra attack action per turn. You have a plus one to your armor class, and you have advantage on dexterity saving throws. Yes, it's plus two, sorry. So this says I can make two attacks as an action. Does that mm -hmm. mean I can attack four times? Yes. Holy God. I'm going to just use the rest of my movement mm -hmm. to pull away, but keep line of sight on this battle. Yeah. So you get low on the roof and you move to the far corner. Marvelous. All right. That brings us to the enemy. The drow soldiers are falling. They are dying as they tenaciously move forward, full of compassion and love for their leader. No will of their own. And it seems like they're continuing to march with all of the tenacity of Drav, but fading, dying in the sunlight, and leaving themselves as debris over the deep root fields. The Driders look around furiously as their foes seem to be moving about, vanishing, disappearing. They let out horrible hisses of rage. The one that was fighting Arvid is now toe-to-toe -to -toe with Morty. I abandoned the pup. You hear several loud yelps as Morty is now being lifted by this thing's massive muscular arms and bit and clawed into. Morty's, uh, Morty's taking some fucking hits right here. Oh, shit. The one that's between you and the sea elf is going to use his two unarmed attacks on him and then try to uh, turn and to bite you. All right. Hmm. One of his unarmed attacks connects and you see him just grab this sea elf around the throat and lift him off the ground. And then he kind of uses that momentum and slams into you with his horrible, massive mouth. And when he opens his mouth, it splits into four directions. And these insectoid fangs Blech. try to find home. Ooh, a 24 to hit. Wow. It does hit. FYI. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I wish I could use my luck for you. Right. <laughs> no. Uh, seven piercing damage and nine poison damage. Okay. So I only take two because of the temporary HP. The two driders that you left confused and befuddled in the center of town look for new targets to attack and stand almost dumbfounded as now several dozen Drav warriors are holding frying pans, rolling pins, ladles, soup lids, and they come charging and surrounding them, just hitting them with all of these ridiculous noises and roaring at the top of their throats. It sounds like a stomp concert. <laughs> I pass my concentration check if anyone cares. Oh, good. And then there's Vornoy. He seems to be enjoying himself despite the fact that his body is being destroyed. And he seems to be talking to a voice in his head, saying, Yes, I know, Mother. I will not fail you. I promise I'm good boy. He's going to come at you with his two big claws. Trying to grab you and hold you close uh, with a 17. No dice. Then he's going to drive the stinger down home. I'm going to do a thing. Warding flare? Yeah, thank you. Okay, so the lowest of the two is a 24 on the stinger. Ah, oh, no, he hits me. Damn. Stinger once again requires a constitution save. Which you're also blessed for. Yes. Mm, that's true. That is a 19 plus one plus one D4. Another four. <laughs> you thoroughly succeed on the fortitude save, so you only take half damage. Mm. Uh, you're going to take 15 piercing from the stinger itself. Fortitude? Sorry. What, what, what edition what is this? What edition are we playing? <laughs> are you a ROM? <laughs> wow. Yeah, sorry. 
that's real good d6 rolls regardless yeah um, so 12 poison damage nice that's with half so i take seven of that mm-hmm. and once again he's going to bring down this ancient draw blade please hit you have such a good bonus to hit i just want to hit yeah that's a fucking 31 to hit hey oh, gross <laughs> and he's going to trigger his staggering smite Ooh, paladin spells so just the sword deals uh, 14 slashing damage. Cool. And the staggering smite requires a wisdom saving throw. Can do. Still blessed. <laughs> well, that's an eight plus a blessing of two more is 10 plus my natural wisdom of eight, which is going to be 18. That's enough. Hey, very nice. <laughs> it's a good thing you have a very good cleric wisdom because that would have given you some nasty effects. Yes. Oh, no. Well, you two take 19 psychic damage from the staggering smite. Hot shit. Ow. And he says, you still have a chance, Artyom, to join me. Don't you see the power that I wield? You're still my brother. She will welcome you as her new child. Yunla, you've had two mothers, and you're still a son of a bitch. and i immediately use my hastened ability to attack as the sunlight hits him go ahead and roll that sweet constitution check that is a 14 that is not enough so first he begins cooking in the sun again that's going to be 27 damage from that and as he's cooking under that daylight sun i'm going to begin ripping him to shreds with my haste I get two attacks per action and I have two attack actions. So I'm going to go ahead and do four attacks and then I'm going to follow it up just with the extra just shooter just because I can. Of course. So the first is six plus eight. So 15, which isn't going to do it. You're we still plus four still. Oh, 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 oh. Plus three. So that is 18. That hits. Excellent. So I'm just going to count hits. Number two. That's a hit. That's a hit. I'd have to roll under. Yeah. So. (laughs) That's definitely a hit. That's four. Okay. That's a hit. Is that the crossbow? Yeah, that is the crossbow. Okay. So that is all five hits as successes. Awesome. That means I'm going to be dealing 8d8 plus 48. Woo! 12d8 coming at you. I'm assuming he's not resistant to poison. He is not resistant to poison. Okay. Also, you deal acid. Yes, thank you. Acid? Mm-hmm. So that is 10, 10, 15. 10, 10, 15. And five. <laughs> hey, that's something. That's 10, 10, 15, five. And then I'm going to follow the last bit up with my fancy little shooter which is just going to be a sweet little nine so almost almost 50 damage <sighs> all at once <sighs> so as these arachnid forearms it, like spears are just burying through him and as they do the thorns expand and rip chunks out of him you are rending him to pieces the first two strikes his shadow armor continues to damage you dealing you 23 more necrotic damage. But you can see after that, he loses his concentration. 
Not only does the necrotic energy stop seeping from him, but now the sunlight is hitting him in full and his body is beginning to smoke and sizzle. The scorpion form hissing and sizzling like it's made of liquid. Mm. And with the final blow, you bury it through his chest. And there's a great weight that almost takes you down to the ground as his body tips and falls. The army behind him is now decaying. There's just boots and armor and shield sticking up out of the soft soil of the deep root fields. And it looks like his lower half is beginning to dissolve. He's grabbing you by the coat and looking you in the eyes. And he says, Artyom, is it, is it true? Is it as beautiful as you say? Be son. I wish I could have shown it to you. I'm sorry that I was not special, mother. Vornoy dies before you. And I start kissing him and just holding him and cradling him and screaming. So as my tears fall on him, my body unconsciously casts gentle repose and holds him in stasis. Hmm. And as he dies in your arms, the thorn armor melts away, blowing off like leaves in the wind as 10 more hit points of blood pour from your body. Which is exactly 83 and takes me unconscious. Wow. So, two brothers embrace unconscious on the battlefield, one the victor, one having failed in his mission to subjugate the Drav and slaughter them, bring them back to life as undead servants to rule the Underdark. As their champion falls, the oath-sworn driders lose the power of their cursed form, and they return to twisting, withered, near-dead Valithian Thar soldiers filled with sickness and disease like lepers. They fall to the ground, unable to move, moaning and wheezing in pain. The Drav stand silent, overlooking this scene. The Drav villagers move forward, one mind, one goal. First, they collect the weapons from the dead soldiers, enchanted blades, each of them well-armed. Korova and his sister Utka move to Artyom's body. Korova lays his hands upon you and calling upon his ancestral magic as a drove, he uses Spare the Dying. As Utka places a soft, delicate button in your mouth. Now, having seen this, there are no longer drove who wish to remain. They unite and follow you out of the Underdark through the Drexian shift, to find a new home. And the mortal dawn carrying the two unconscious brothers emerge once more into the sunlight, leaving many shadows behind them. The MDs have had the fight of their lives and are making their way back to the surface with a group of renegade drop citizens. It seems they've won the battle, but what will come of the war? Why is it when gods are involved, it always comes down to mutual attempted fratricide? 
It's like the big epic cherry on top of every all-out evil versus good battle royale. You think those two are gonna be okay? Well, with the advancement of divine healing magic we have access to in the league, I'd imagine they'll both be okay with enough rest, but only time will tell. I gotta say, it's one thing to go to war for a league job, especially a penny prize quasi-quest like this. But it's one hell of a class act honor play to throw down against all odds for a friend. It's just so touching to see a team look out for one another. Who knows how the aftermath of this emotional conflict will affect Team Captain Artyom, and what the future holds for the draw of themselves. I'm wondering if the team's gonna need a vacation after all this emotional distress. You can only leak out so many tears before you need a recharge. I'm getting worn out just trying to keep up. I, for one, can't wait to see what happens next to our up-and-coming champion-ranked team. The future is bright. And speaking of bright, we've got some big news coming from Nexus in the following days. Something unlike anything you've ever witnessed before. From Nexus? Yeah, what the hell are you talking about? I didn't get any memos. It's top secret. I can't say much, but I can say to keep your eyes to the skies and be ready to have your mind blown. What? Are they hiring some new flying griffin banners? Maybe a Nexus blimp shaped like yours truly. What the hell kind of PR stunt does the commissioner have up her sleeve? You'll just have to stick around to find out. Join us next time for more heart-stopping action and tear-jerking emotion on the League of Ultimate Questing. I can't even I can't that's too good it was too fucking good also I want to add I was freaking out both of you falling whenever when I'm like they're both me they're both some weird like oh uh, yeah that's not that's not ominous or weird or bad at all yeah that was crazy I'm honestly I've got some exciting ideas for what I want to do with Voronoi but uh, we'll see how that plays out I do need you to give me the card of the thorn spear yep Gus Mariel's charge is gone <sighs> but you have opened a new uh, magic item slot I have are we in an outro we're in outro we're doing an outro yeah and whose turn who has it's gonna be one? Zach I think it has to I be think Zach I kind of tried to Zach. plan it to be Zach on this <laughs> that one that seems yeah. sensible beautiful well <sighs> thank you all for listening to the league of ultimate questing and this like fantastic wrap-up of most of rtm's personal storyline this is a fucking <laughs> big one <laughs> uh, i just want to go around the table and thank everybody here who has been a part of rtm's development one of those people is sam playing arvid ulfmund the uh one who abandoned their dog in this fight Oh. Attacked your dog and then abandoned your dog. Oh no! Does yeah. Marty think I'm mad at him? Oh. <laughs> Parthax pulling out the 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 early game moves with the bless on the party. Haven't done that in a hot minute. Damn right. Parthax is played by Michael Loving. That's me. <laughs> and of course, it's me, Alante, playing Chris Grand, the the buffer extraordinaire. How many words did I throw out there? Just <laughs> at enough. least ninety. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, exactly enough. Exactly yeah. enough. <laughs> I am Zachary Barkas. I play Artyom Volkov, the cleric of sunlight and nothing else. And I'm also the technical director for Slapdash Studios. My soul. My name's Law. I'm the dungeon master and the creative director of Slapdash Studios. Thank you again for listening. As you know, every episode or episodes come out every fucking Monday. Every fucking Monday. Mm. 
<laughs> and yeah, uh, you Monday. can you can find bonus content on Fridays on our Facebook and all of other other social media. If you haven't gone to our Discord and you're complaining about not having a community, well, that's just your fault. Go be <laughs> on the Discord. You can find links to it on the the whole internet thing. The LUQ.com contains all of our links, all of our information. Please go there and just drown yourself in all of our content. You can find YouTube and all the other good stuff that we've been making throughout the years. Thank you for being here and supporting us and questing with us together. And until next time, we wish you luck. Thank you.